it is date night and you guys know what that means we have another date night episode for you and i am one of our three hosts today i'm kyle the destroyer clifford <laughs> i'm cassidy and my name is ozzy um i completely <laughs> dropped the ball i meant to man i meant to come up with a name for myself and i and i didn't so i i dropped the ball right off the rip so it used to be a thing when I had, before this podcast, I had a podcast with a side of franchise and I used to come up with a nickname before the episode. And then it is 50-50 if I even do it on this one. And occasionally I do and I never tell her when I'm going to do it. And I think it is so fucking funny watching her face as she hears me just say like the most ridiculous nicknames. Is there a favorite nickname of Kyle's that he's self-proclaimed himself as? Oh, Mine's probably, I want to suck your blood. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the vampire one. That was so dumb. I just came up with that in the moment, too. I yeah. was like, how can I be, how can I relate this to vampires? <laughs> What's yours? That's amazing. Um, Kyle, if he dies, he dies. Clifford, that's my, it's been my favorite one. <laughs> it's been my favorite one. Back Love when it. I did the the Rocky ones. Yeah. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Man, that for those of you who don't know, um, shame on you for not knowing that podcast. But with a side of franchise was epic. And uh, when I hear the intro music or just like any of the transition music on date night, I instantly think of just Rocky. I think of like that first Rocky <laughs> franchise because it's just like it just it just rings into my ear and I hear it and I'm, I'm I think of that every time and it's so funny. I love oh. it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I wish more people Absolutely. had appreciated it. Maybe Cass wouldn't uh, wouldn't have to watch so many movies now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So Ozzy and I, just to give you some background on um, the three of our relationships, I guess. Ozzy and I have known each other since, what, your junior year of college, I think, right? Is he a junior or sophomore? It's one of those years. Probably junior. Yep. I, don't, I don't know. If, yeah, junior, sophomore junior. year. And then we kind of took turns crashing at each other's houses and then we eventually grew up and he left the state and Cass and I went and lived with him for a few months uh, last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Washington. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And during that time, uh, my boy Ozzy and I did have a podcast. We used to have a podcast called OK Comic Talk. And that is the name of this episode. Uh, peek behind the curtain. When we make these episodes, we have to name them. And I named this one OK Comic Talk Reunites. <laughs> I saw that, man. I love that. I really love that. Yeah. I kicked the the cord on my mic and it like flung my headset off my head. Um, no, no I, I I saw that and I was like super pumped about that. And I told Kyle and he's like, "Hey, I need your email address to get to get you on the pod." And I was like, "Oh, you actually know this email address? You, you just share this email address." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the same for one. real. For real. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how Ozzy and I know each other. And so it's a, right now it's a battle for who's the the best co-host. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy or Cassidy? I think I think <laughs> Cassidy is the, the the better co-host, but I think I've, I'm the most anticipated co-host. I think. Yeah. I would say the fans Ozzy's have been waiting for this one Yeah, for real, for real. It's funny. Nathan actually messaged me, and he was a guest on our podcast, uh, OK Comic Talk, and he was like, "Hey, so whatever uh, kind of happened to that man? It just kind of stopped." And I was like, <laughs> "You know, things just you know things got busy and." Just recording three, two to three podcasts was just a lot for me. Yeah. And you were heading back home and you have a kid now. I mean, like, not that you didn't have Knox when we first started, but <laughs> you have a kid and he's like actually able to like move around and sleeps requires attention and sleeps a lot less. So it just, <laughs> yeah. you know, things happen and we just weren't able to keep doing it. But 
I'm glad that you were free enough and able to uh, join us for this episode. You are the first guest on date night. Thank you guys for having me. I mean, um, it's, I'm really excited to be here. Like you, you messaged me probably a month or two ago at this point and you're like, Hey, you want to come on? I was like, absolutely. No hesitation. Just let me know when. And I'll be <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to shout out Nathan, man. I hope you're doing well and yep. I hope your little one's doing well as well. Cause it's been, uh, having you on the okay comic talk was, was really fun. So if you listen here, shouts out to you, man. Hope, hope you're, hope you're crushing it doing whatever you're doing. In keeping up with tradition from the okay comic talk podcast, Ozzy, I'd like to ask you, what are you drinking right now? Oh, gosh. I am actually just drinking coffee with a splash of whiskey. There's not much whiskey in there. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. It's it's 11 a.m. I'm not drinking whiskey yet. <laughs> Man's got a sponsor, Billeries. You can't be drinking. Yeah. <laughs> you also have coffee. Yeah, Cass made Hell his yeah. coffee. Hell yeah. I actually just got in from mowing the lawn. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did just get, get back in from mowing the lawn. It's and I'm, I spilled some gas on my hands, so I'm, every sip I take a coffee, I get a quick whiff of gas too it's not my it's not my favorite i'm not gonna lie honestly that sounds pleasant as hell i'm not gonna lie <laughs> the smell, the smell of gas, I, like I knew you'd scream. like that i knew you'd like that guy uh, no man you're oh, productive God. it's 11 this guy's already like got his kid up dressed fed he's mowing the lawn got the dogs out i rolled out of bed like two hours ago and have literally only taken the dogs out and then watched bluey until we had to do this <laughs> i saw watching bluey <laughs> And that was something Kyle, when we lived with Ozzy, Kyle always used to watch Bluey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he would pretend he was putting it on for Ozzy's son. <laughs> but Kyle, he watched it after we even left. And so oh, yeah. I saw him watching it this morning. I'm like, are you like watching this to get in, t- in the mood to like talk to Ozzy? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember in Denver, you came around the corner and I didn't, I don't know why, but I was like, I just kind of forgot you were there for a minute and I put Bluey on and she comes around the corner and next thing I know, I get a video on my phone from her and it was her recording me watching Bluey completely alone in the living room. And I was like, man, tell me to send that to anybody. He's like, no, she's like, no, I sent that to Taylor. I had to let her know. I was like, oh, thanks. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Dude, man, Bluey's just, it's solid shit. Okay. It's solid shit. I will never, I, Bluey always, I laugh like a fucking idiot whenever I watch that show, man. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> And it's so good. It's like like the the undertones. The I think we've had this conversation multiple times. But like the the adult <laughs> themes that are in that, where you know mm-hmm. the 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 parents. Like I just watched the chess episode today, and they're talking about. I haven't how, seen that one. Oh, it's great, man! You have to. Um, it's actually chest because <laughs> Bluey calls it chest, and uh, and they're playing. You <laughs> nice. know, and they they keep like the bandits trying to teach them. You know how to play, and uh, and the mo- uh, chili comes in, and she's like, "Hey, you know, you want to." Make sure that you teach the we'll, – we'll teach the head later, but let's focus on the heart now. And it's just like, gee, come on. Oh. Fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great episode, man. Great episode. I'll never forget the time uh, you – it was like you, me, and Knox were at home, and he had to go upstairs, obviously, for his, his, his nap time. And I just kept watching Bluey, and it was the episode where Chili's dad is like had a heart attack or something. And at the end of the episode, they spend the whole episode trying to chase him down because he's like running away from them, like playing a game with uh, Bluey and Bingo. And the end of the episode, I legitimately started bawling like a baby because they end up at the lake and her dad is like, you know, I remember when you were their age and time just flies by so fast, a little too fast sometimes. And we should really stop to appreciate each other. And Bandit or Chili is like, you know, got her arm around her dad and they just share a moment and the kids are playing in the lake. And I was like, Fucking Bluey? 
Come on, man. It's like 10 in the morning and y'all making me cry first thing? Come on. I'm a grown man. I can't be crying like that all the time. I'm pretty sure that episode closes with like, like you said, the arms around around him and she's like, it felt like so long ago. And then the grandfather's yeah. like, it was it was yesterday or something like that. And then oh, cue the waterworks oh. from Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So we are here today to talk. I was going to say, speaking of waterworks. Yeah, spe- spe- that's a good segue. <laughs> good segue, man. Again, another thing from the uh, With a Side of Franchise. I used to try to segue so hard and it would just, mm-hmm. sometimes it would land and other times I'd be like, I got to fucking shoehorn something in here. So go ahead, make a segue. Lead us in. <laughs> Speaking of waterworks, I don't think I've ever seen Kyle cry as much during a movie as I did during the movie we're covering today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can so imagine. We are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And with what Cass said, I want to briefly just talk about our experience watching it for the first time. So, Ozzy, how did you, like, just the first time you watched it, what kind of mm-hmm. was like the situation and how'd you feel about it, just in general? To be watching it. So the situation was probably not as ideal as one would hope for watching this movie because it's a phenomenal <laughs> movie. Um, I did wait until it was on Disney Plus to go see it mm-hmm. or to see it. And uh, it was just me, Knox and Taylor were at home and it was on. It was probably like five o'clock in the, in the afternoon. So we, we started and Knox is doing his random stuff and Taylor's about to start cooking. So then I'm I pause it and I run around and chase him around and go mm-hmm. help her with dinner and then come back, watch another half hour, then go pause it and eat. And, you know, and so it was on and off, on and off, on and off. Um, and then I ended up finishing that movie like later that evening after both of them went to bed. So it was like kind of mm-hmm. chopped up. Second time I watched that movie was fairly similar. I, I don't I've never watched this movie one sit through the entire time. Haven't yet. So <laughs> um, I, I regret that a little bit, but I, I, I get mm. a lot of the movie, you know, but yeah, that's basically yeah. How, how it started for me. I just kind of chunked it together as best I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, when you have kids, you got to do what you got to do to get that movie <laughs> in, man. And I think you did an excellent job just kind of piecing it all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first time we saw this, uh, I had to wait. She went home the weekend it came out. She went home for a, a bachelorette party, mm-hmm. correct? And she told me it was the one movie I was not allowed to go see the entire time she was gone. And so I said, fuck it. I'm not going to the theater then because it's the only movie I want to see because it was the only movie playing. Every single theater around us was playing that and playing that in every single screen that they had in their theaters except for like one. So when she got back, we finally were like, we're going to go see this. And this is sort of a lost episode for us because the intention was we're going to watch this and then talk about it. But I was like, when the movie was over, I said, I can't, I can't talk about this today. I need some time. <laughs> I, I cried four times the first time I watched this movie. And about 10, 15 minutes in when we first see Rocket's background story, Cass looked over at me. And she's like, are you crying right now? And I was like, he was right. a baby. He was a baby. Like, I just, just, I couldn't hold it together, man. He doesn't cry at anything. I was just, I was shocked. Mm -hmm. It is, I I get, I get emotional during movies. It's just that when we watch movies together, I pick ones that usually don't make me so emotional. But usually it's the weirdest, like, not weird. I'm not calling you weird. I'm weird. That's fine. Yeah, he's weird. He's weird. weird. things he will cry at, like things that are truly like emotional and like, like real life, like sad. 
he will not cry. But Guardians of the Galaxy and the Barbie movie, he'll cry at those. Oh man, I cried during the Barbie movie hard, like twice. I'm pretty that sure. one shocked me more. Yeah, I cried twice during the Barbie movie. Uh, one of them, I was crying, and I was like, "This is going to be a callback scene towards the end of the movie because this is just too." beautiful and poignant and at the end of the movie it calls back to that scene i started crying again i was like i fucking told you oh i told bob's, you they were coming back he also cried during a bob's burgers episode i did cry during a bob's burgers episode why are we airing out my dirty laundry i wow. like, what are we talking about <laughs> but any other time i've never seen him cry for anything other than tv yeah <laughs> spent a lot of my time That's watching funny. tv so it's a fair amount but yeah that was our first experience i we were also we, in virginia we were time. in virginia at the time and we did go to the theater to see it and we were there weren't that many people. It was nice because it was after the hype had died down a bit and it was like a month, almost like a month after it had come mm-hmm. out, wasn't it? Because we didn't have like, we didn't go immediately when you got home. We had a lot of stuff going mm-hmm. on, so we weren't able to go immediately. But the hype had died down a bit. And so it was like us and like a few other people in the theater. And I think my favorite part of the movie was Drax and Mantis were deciding whether to run or fight and Cass just screams out loud, run, run. <laughs> I grabbed her shoulder and I was like, baby, we're in a theater. There are tons of people in here. I mean, it's like five, but I was like, I was like, there are tons of people in here. You are screaming. And she goes, oh, I forgot where we were. That's so funny. So just like a fun, it was a fun experience. It was definitely like, I cried, you screamed. I mean, what more could you ask for from a fucking movie, man? That's really funny. And that was the first time. And I have seen it three times since then. This was, as this as of this recording, this was my fourth time watching it. I pick up on something new, I feel like, every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. But last night, I'm not going to lie, I fell asleep for the last 30 minutes. And, and when you started laughing, I just remember, like, feeling your body laughing because I was laying on, like, your back. And I started laughing, too. And I was just like, if I keep this symbiotic relationship going long enough, I think she won't know I'm asleep for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> That's so funny. Ugh. Yeah, so so last night, I wanted to rewatch it as well. So... Taylor and I are like let's let's do like a let's let's make something out of this. So we brought Knox's mattress down his bed and we put it in between oh. the two couches and we're like all sitting there watching it and we're five minutes in maybe 10, 15 minutes in and Knox is just not having it. He's jumping around, he's running around, he's like not captivated by this movie at all, which mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> so we're like let's just yeah. put something on for him, you know, for like the just until he falls asleep and then we'll put this back on. All yeah. of us fell asleep at that at that point so i did not i did not rewatch it last night all of us fell asleep watching uh, i think it was moana for like the 98th time this this week so oh was, uh, my god that movie bro uh, it's moana. so good i don't want to say is, 98 all i do is put the kid in front of the tv and let him taste. sit but right <laughs> no he loves that movie is he moved from on from encanto to moana is that like his movie no right we could put encanto on and he would still vibe with that movie pretty yeah. hard too um, I just think yeah. he likes the water, the, like when the water is moving around and, you mm. know, it's just like a lot of the songs he, he really gets behind. So I, I think that's what it is. Dude, you did send me pictures when you guys got back to Maine because uh, you moved from Washington to Maine again uh, recently and you sent me videos and pictures of him at the pool. He literally seems like a fish. Dude, loves the water. Absolutely loves yeah. the water. When we're at my mom's because my mom has a pool. It's like we could be doing nothing near the water and he'll run up to the pool and point at it and be like, that means, father, please put my life jacket on and my swim trunk so I can swim. That's, that's yeah. what that means. Post haste, sir. That's what he's trying yeah. to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, great. dude, the kid's a fish, man. He loves the water. He loves the water. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I don't have a segue fun. for fish, but... <laughs> 
Ozzy has the synopsis for the movie we're going to be talking about today. So Ozzy, if you wouldn't mind reading that off for us. No, absolutely. So still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, of Guardians if not successful. Did you pull that that's right it. off Letterboxd? Um, negative. IMDB. Internet wow, that's that. literally the um, that's the exact synopsis on Letterboxd too. And usually IMDB and Letterboxd don't have They're the same one. a little bit different, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I think that sums it up pretty, pretty great. I do too. And I like how it deflects a little bit and goes back to Peter Quill rather than... Because yeah. this movie isn't about Peter Quill. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. And it's not about Peter Quill and his, like, yeah, it's about, you know, him losing Gamora, but it's like not about that. But that no, like no, a side no. Plot. exactly. You think it, it was going to be yeah, a major part of the story and it's definitely just yeah. like a B, B, C story. It's like a C story. Honestly, it's barely there. Like you get, you like when they're together, you get that glimpse, but he's not like focused on her at all in this. I feel like, which is fine, which is good. Cause it's rocket story, you know, but. Right. And when I first, you know, like was expecting to, before all the trailers, before everything came out about what this movie was going to be, I fully expected it to be something about, you know, Peter falling mm-hmm. back in love with Gamora or Gamora falling back in love with Peter after all of the, uh, the antics of Endgame and everything. So it was like, um, I don't know. That's definitely what I expected it to be until yep. everything. And I didn't see the movie until months after it was out of theater. So I saw it spoiler upon spoiler so it's like i definitely knew oh did you really it's about going in yeah i mean just just like you know being on the internet it's kind of gonna mm. kind of ruin it for everybody but i definitely wasn't ruined the movie was phenomenal when they first announced that it was coming out i remember thinking that it was going to take place between love and thunder and um endgame because thor was with them so i was a little sad to hear that they were just gonna brush that off and be like yeah we're not doing anything with that we're moving on completely Mm -hmm. but also kind of like the guardians deserve their own sort of send-off without thor being there but it did it did make me sad to not have thor and i truly thought it was going to be a story about how gamora like star-crossed lovers kind of thing like gamora across time will always fall in love with peter quill and peter quill always fall in love with her and then that was Mm going to be sort of how the story was going to wrap up and maybe Peter dies trying to like save her or something. And then, mm-hmm. nope, we just get this whole other story, which was unexpected, but lovely. I, as, as you said, I mean, it's phenomenal, the, like picking Rocket yeah. to, to be sort of the main focus. And I also, I mean, as Lila says in that fever dream, basically, that he's having as he's dying, uh, the story was always about you. Like you were always the main mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. So I think that was yeah, just kind absolutely. of like a nice touch. I really like that they gave, so they, they did make this, you know, a Rocket movie. Um, but they also have been planting the seed, pun intended, with all this Groot backstory as well. You know, like they, mm-hmm. they put season one out and now season two's out. And it's just like, like you get this this Rocket Groot partnership for the first, you know, two movies. And then you get to see that, yeah. like how it all started on either side. I thought that was really neat, too. I'm excited for the Groot uh, season. They're doing what I, I am Groot season two or something like that, right? It's out. Yeah, it's out. Oh, it's out. It's out already? Yeah, it's out on on Disney Plus. Absolutely. Oh, word! I didn't know that. I need to it's watch good. it. It's really. I good. like the first one a lot. I remember we watched that in like a day. We sat down and watched yeah. it in like thirty minutes. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, there's only five episodes. <laughs> it's not long. <laughs> you bang. Like up. two of the minutes are the credits, oh. and another thirty yeah, seconds exactly. is the intro. So it's exactly. really not very long at all. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into Guardians of the Galaxy talk. My sacred mission 
is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. The first thing on our list that I wanted to just talk about briefly was how do you think the balance was, in your opinion, of comedy versus drama? Mainly because everyone knows the Guardians are fucking hilarious. And there is always heart, but how do you feel this movie, was it like up to par with comedy and drama? Or do you think it was uh, a little suffered somewhere for the benefit of another? What, what do you think? So I... I really like this topic because I think that all the guardians do a really good job. Like guardians movies do a really good job of, you know, putting in that comedy where it's either slapstick or it's like, you know, a little bit of nostalgic Mm -hmm. with the music choices and things like that. Like all of those funny aspects, I think they stem from Peter Quill and Peter Quill's character as, you know, Chris Pratt, he, he does a really good job of delivering those jokes and setting other, other members of the guardians up with those jokes and how this was more of a, rec- a rocket movie, I think that it was a little bit more dramatic than it was comedy. And I think that really fits the character of Rocket as well, much more than it. I mean, obviously yeah. he's funny, you know, I'm going to take that arm, all that kind of stuff. Like that, that's <laughs> all really, really funny um, Rocket stuff, but it was a very serious toned movie. And I think that they, they didn't force as many jokes in um, as Guardians 2 did, you know, or um, Guardians 1 was a little bit more... Um, was funny as well, but like the, I don't think that anything felt forced in this movie with comedy. I think the comedy has gotten better. Uh, I think the drama has gotten more um, of a focal point as we go on with these movies. Mm-hmm. And like you mm-hmm. said, I mean, having Rocket, who is a more serious character, again, he is funny, but we know very little about him and he's a very serious character, but he's not trying to be funny. He just is funny. So having him sort of be the focal point definitely sets you up for a more dramatic toned movie. Plus the chemistry between this group, like the cast members in general, just they could be dramatic. They could be funny. They could be sitting at a table doing absolutely nothing and it would still be interesting. They just have such great chemistry. Mm -hmm. I do think, uh, like you said, that the tone of the movie being more serious, they definitely don't try to shoot. They don't try to force as many jokes in, but because there aren't as many jokes, in my opinion, I would say that it's one of the least funny of the Guardians movies, but in a good way. Like, that's a good thing. Like, it didn't need to be as hilarious. They've already established they're funny. It sort of did a reverse Thor. It was like, hilarious, hilarious, let's get dramatic. And that buildup is just tremendous. Because they never lose focus of it being a comedy, but they definitely zero in on the drama and sort of let the comedy flow through the drama naturally. Yeah, I kind of feel like, in regards to the comedy, like, it became less it was less jokey and it was more just like the natural bickering of the group. Yes. And it was just, it was just naturally funny because of the way they interact with each other, but no one was trying to be funny. Right. No. Yeah. I completely agree. And with Rocket's character, I think that goes exactly to who that is. Cause like he is funny because of his trauma. He jokes about it. You know, he tries to be <laughs> like to, to deflect it by being, you know, a smart ass and, and by having witty remarks and like, so that right. is who the Guardians all are. You know what I mean? They're like, Drax is funny because he's a dumbass. You know, Mantis is funny yeah. because she's innocent and knows no better. You know what I mean? So like all of right. those were, were really on on full display in this movie. And I was worried about that aspect with the the holiday special because I did not like the holiday yeah. special. There was so many either. jokes forced into that. And I was like, I really hope they don't do this with the actual Guardians movie because this is that will not Agreed. be a fun almost three hours to sit through. But... 
<laughs> I do. I, I kind of want to go back to what you said uh, about the the Peter Quill sort of like the way he sets so many characters up. The, they do such a good job of not making a joke for the sake of a joke, and kind of like what Cass says, they naturally just their their comedy is the fact that they bicker so much, and the things they say to each other are hilarious. It's not like a you know like you. I don't know if you guys have seen those TikToks where they're making fun of superhero humor, and it's always like you know, oh, the thing standing right behind me, isn't it? And when they're talking shit about it or they're like, uh, let's go to plan B. What's plan B? Run. You know what I mean? Something like that. They never, they learned, they learned that that is something people expect from these movies, mainly because of Thor. And in this, they mm-hmm. just let the characters themselves exist and be funny naturally. And that is a huge yes. thing that you just brought up that I, I agree hundred percent with. Yeah. And like Ozzy said, like in the other movies, like, the comedy kind of stems from Peter Quill. But in this movie, you're like, yes, it's Rocket Story, but also Peter's going through something and he's depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that could also have lended a hand to why there wasn't as much like jokey comedy. Because Man, he's oh, absolutely he's depressed and sad and Yeah. I knew it was gonna be fucked up. Like I knew it was gonna be fucked up because of the trailers that are coming out and like you see Peter Quill screaming and and the tagline of the movie is once more with feeling. Like you know it's gonna be dramatic, but when you see Peter in the very beginning of the movie, blackout drunk, stumbling over himself, trying to like get Rocket to take off his headphones. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it just because that's not the Peter Quill that we have come to know over these six movies he's in. And to see him like that, you just realize this whole tone is going to be so much bleaker. And I think that actually is funny now that I say that we keep saying that everything comes from Peter Quill, it stems from Peter Quill. And that is that is true because it's just a testament to that is that exact thing. The opening sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's dancing around, having a good time, singing to himself, and he looks and sounds like a goofball. That's what you get. In Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they're fighting some sort of worm monster laughing, and Groot's just dancing. But in this one, it's I'm a creep, or creep by Radiohead playing in the background. Rocket's mm-hmm. like melancholy, and Peter Quill is stumbling over himself drunk. Like He sets the tone for this movie, and then they switch gears and have Rocket be sort of the main focus without ever having to actually say or do anything. We just sort of get his backstory. And so it just shows you that any at any point in time, the, any character in the Guardians can be the focal point and sort of lead the tone of the group. And it works flawlessly. No, absolutely. Completely agree. Speaking of Rocket, let's jump to our next one. Talk about his his background real quick. Is it It's emotional and it is sad but is it what you were expecting at all i don't want to say yes because like i i i i kind of did like i you you knew from the very first movie you know you see all the scars and stuff so like you knew that he was fucked around with um and like made that way so i i kind of expected it to be some sort of torturous like hey we don't really give a shit about you trying to figure something out i didn't i didn't by any means expect it to be the high evolutionary i didn't expect it to be you know, any huge dramatic upbuild like it, like it was. But, um, so like, I want to say yes and no, I, I did kind of expect it to be like, we're going to see who put him together. And I was, I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I liked that. What about you guys? I didn't think it would be this emotional. I didn't think Rocket would be near death and yeah, that's they would fair. have to save him. I sort of expected it to be Rocket wants to save his people and either goes back to save them or, they just somehow stumble upon a group that reminds him of his family and or his past and who wants to save them. And he has to convince the Guardians to do it. 
I did not, like you said, expect it to be some sort of big boss in the high evolutionary and this really emotional journey. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, we stumbled upon this group of aliens and Rocket identifies with them. So we're going to help them. Did not expect it going in this Hmm. dramatic animal abuse high evolutionary bullshit, you know what I mean? But it was a welcome surprise, but no, I, I was did not expect that. Yeah, I honestly had a really hard time watching some points in this movie because of, like, the animal mm-hmm. experimentation factor mm-hmm. of it. It was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle, I know in the past you've talked about, um, I don't remember exactly what movie it was that you guys were, were doing or covering, Um and you said you stayed through the all the credits to see that no animal was harmed in the making of this movie. Did you happen to do that for this? John I don't Wick. remember seeing that. It was John Wick? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember yeah. seeing that. At this. <laughs> I'd imagine it's there. But I, did you did you do that once again? I did stay for all the credits because we watched the we watched both end of the end credit scenes, so we were there for all of them because the final end credit scene comes after all the credits have rolled. So we were there, but I didn't look for it, and I think mainly because I could just see that this was just all. Like the the animals they were using were mostly CGI'd. Um, I mean, I hope they didn't look. I hope they didn't fuck up a fucking walrus with wheels for legs, dude. I'd be (laughs) truly upset with Disney, man. Not they put they put at the end all animals in this were harmed in the making. (laughs) (laughs) No, Peta called it a triumph of of film, so I assume I assume that nothing (laughs) happened. No animals were harmed, but. But I oh. did, I did wonder if they used real animals because when uh, at one scene, it's such a quick little scene that it doesn't really matter. But the high evolutionary is walking away from the group of, you know, floor and teeths and all them. And as he does, he smacks a cage with a dog in it and the dog starts like yelping and mm-hmm. it like looked like a real dog in the crate. You can see the dog for like half a second. I mean, it is blink and miss mm-hmm. it. And I don't think it really connected with me to be like, I need to make sure that these aren't real animals mainly because you can see when they put like the rabbit in the test tube at one point or the turtle in the test tube as soon as they pan away and pan back that turtle is all cgi right right but it was a real turtle they put in but oh you um, think so no yeah for sure because like there's a scene where she's like one of the scientists is holding a rabbit and she puts the rabbit in the test tube that is a real rabbit 100 but when they close that door that is an all CGI rabbit or kangaroo. It's a kangaroo, oh, not a rabbit. That that kangaroo that jumps out—that's not a real thing. You don't think? No, I don't think it's a real. No, thing. like at the, the end. Okay. I've never been to Australia, man. I don't know what they look like over there. <laughs> I don't think they'd let a. Ca- I don't know. Maybe a kangaroo's got like, like a like a, they got like a sharp hook at the bottom of their foot. That kangaroo could do some fucking damage, bro. If they tried mm-hmm. to tried to mess with it, you know what I mean? It's not a little mm-hmm. tiny raccoon or a baby walrus they're messing around with. <laughs> baby walrus. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Teach. he was a full-grown walrus. I've never seen a walrus. <laughs> Yo, Teach what of the their names? Name. Teefs is the best name. I was just about to ask, what of the names was your favorite? Teefs is mine. Teefs and for Floor. Sure. Teefs, obviously, Teefs and Floor are really great. Floor, because me is on the floor. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I was <laughs> Honestly, like, this guy's going to break my fucking heart. The most, the most heartbreaking, the most heartbreaking aspect of this movie was when uh, T- uh, Floor is yelling. What is mm-hmm. he... Teeth's rocket floor leave now or Teeth's rocket floor yeah. leave now or something like that. I was like, oh, fucking please leave, dude. Please just go. Please go with we them. We said that. We said that oh. last night watching the movie. I was like, that is that part so hard to watch because mm-hmm. like Legitimately Lila dying is sad, but she didn't know it was coming. Mm-hmm. Right. She didn't have right. to watch anyone else die. Like it was just she was dead. 
Whereas Floor is like this little innocent mm-hmm. little thing that is now terrified mm-hmm. and in shock and it's just really sad. And to me, it's also the way that Floor talks that makes me sad because you can tell mm-hmm. that Floor is much younger than the others, mainly because um, Lila's mature. She yeah. is emotionally mature. It feels like mm-hmm. uh, she's sort of like the mother of the group, which you know struck Castle a little odd because her and Rocket kind of had this romantic undertone to them, even though she was sort of like the mother of the group. But I I, I agreed with that. Um, Teeth's no, like, the Teeth's just the way Floor talks is just yeah. sad because it's always in like. Me on floor, like it's never complete sentences. It's something like a mm-hmm. child would would sound like. And so when when she's screaming to like leave, and then it stops all of a sudden. It's just quiet, and yeah. he turns around, and she's dead. You're like, well, that was fucking devastating. It's also that she made it out <laughs> of the cage. Like you, so, and when they flashed to them both being mm. dead, like Teeth was still in the cage, but you could see that like Floor had like tried to. She just wanted to go. She's like, we need to leave because mm-hmm. she was out of the out of her cage when she was shot. Mm-hmm. Really sad. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Next is the High Evolutionary. This is a massive character to have. From like, I know Cass doesn't read the comics, but I tried to explain to her as best I could yesterday that the High Evolutionary is essentially they do a good job of talking about it in the movie, but he's essentially a god and he is a massive character. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel they handled having the High Evolutionary as sort of like a not big bad, but like a, a boss villain in, in a movie like this? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought that. I don't know the actor's name. Do you know the actor's name off the top of your head? I do I know thought the he, off the top of my head. I thought he did a really good job. I, I really like yes. uh I thought I thought his like his poise, his how his demeanor, how he spoke and how he like kind of walked around. I, I really liked his whole stature. You know, I really liked how he how he mm-hmm. was portrayed. Um I thought his like when he was talking, can you hear Sully? I'm sorry. Sully is like yeah. whining like a little baby behind <laughs> yeah, the outside yeah, the door, <laughs> just desperately wanting to get in here so he can wrestle with Rory. <laughs> uh, yeah. So high evolutionary. I thought he, yeah, I really liked his character. I thought he did a really good, they did a really good job with him. And uh, he was a fun person to kind of root against um, for mm-hmm. a lot of good reasons. You know what I mean? Like he played that villainous role so well that you wanted, you know, to see him go down. And I thought that was fun. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think the actor, uh, I looked up his name. Give me one second. It is, yep, say that. I'm one gonna for butcher me. this, but I think it's Shakwudi Iwuji. I know I butchered that, and I apologize to anyone listening who's like, that's not how you say it, but that's <laughs> that's how I think you say it. Um, he's phenomenal, and it kind of makes me sad that they used him as the high evolutionary and then they just tossed him aside. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because at the end credit scene, it was supposed to be. You're supposed to see the high evolutionary didn't die and that he's still alive, but they axed that. And that makes me feel like they are officially just done with him. And I think one, the actor, I mean, knocked that role out of the park. And two, the high evolutionary is so fun to just, he's an easy villain to have because he's such a terrible person that I feel like you could definitely do multiple movies with him sort of orchestrating things or pulling the strings somewhere. Um, Especially with all this Kang talk and how he, like he wants to control all the universes and all this stuff. Like we're really getting into heavy, heavy God territory. And I feel like the high evolutionary is someone you could definitely put into that category. 
And it just kind of makes me sad that they used him for two hours and they were like, yeah, we're done with this character now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, as Carl said, I don't read the comics, so mm-hmm. he was just a character in this movie to me. Yeah. I do like that. <laughs> I didn't he, know he was involved in more things. I and... do like that they name it Counter-Earth and then they do drop in that he, because the first time I watched it, I actually don't remember him bringing up Earth, the scene where he's like, oh, I visited your planet one time many, many years ago. I did. I completely missed that part. And then uh, rewatching it a couple of times, I realized he says that. So them naming it Counter Earth kind of made sense to me after that. But the first time I watched it, sure. I was like, why the fuck? They don't even explain why it's called Counter Earth. I hate this. But yeah, no, I, I rewatched it again. And I was like, okay, they do mention that in there somewhere, <laughs> which was just a nice little touch because I, the first time I watched it, I didn't catch that. And I was like, I told Cass all about it. I was like, it's called Counter Earth because it's on the opposite side of the sun and it rotates in the opposite. So that way you can't actually ever see it. And she was like, I don't need any of this information. He he says <laughs> he says he's visited. Yeah. She, she's like, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. But uh obviously the High Evolutionary isn't the only new character we get. We do get Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about the addition of Adam Warlock? I was thrilled. I was really excited to see Adam Warlock. We've been teased with the uh the presence of his character for so long now. What was the end of mm-hmm. two, right? Guardians two, where yep, he end of two. Where they showed the uh the end credit scene had his cocoon up, and uh, I like that mm. they even referenced it too. For those who who did pick it up immediately, that that's who that was. But, you know, they talked right. about how the high evolutionary took him out of his cocoon too early, and his okay. mother was all upset about that. But <laughs> he's a child. Um, he's, he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he's a child, I love his character. I don't. I don't know how you guys yes. feel about Harry Styles playing him. I don't really care. I thought he did a good enough job. Um, no, that's I, uh, I, Will Poulter. Oh, who's Harry Styles play? He plays um, Thanos' brother. God, his name escapes me. Oh, yeah. Um, not Eros. Uh, is it Eros? I don't remember, to be honest with you. Yeah. Wow, I feel anyways, so bad. Fucking, I'm an idiot anyways. So I <laughs> I, I think that his... Uh, I think that the Adam Warlock character was really great. I thought like his yeah. innocence and like literally ignorance of not knowing anything about what the fuck's mm-hmm. going on and just blindly doing everything that people tell him until he starts to pick things, piece things together and see what's happening. Like I really liked seeing that all happen and they did that really right. well for a small amount of time, I thought. Um, but his, his, I thought his addition was great. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. I think he's hilarious. He is a good sort. He's a great source of the comedy in this because it is such a downer of a movie, but when he's there, it is. He's yeah. hilarious. When he, like, and just like we talked about earlier, it's not, it's not jokes. He just is funny. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Cass, yeah. what were you yeah, saying? Yeah, because he just doesn't he just doesn't know. But um mm-hmm. when he burns that Ravager guy to like literally a skeleton. Yeah. And, and she's like, yeah. How are we supposed to question him if he's dead? But anyway, and then he takes the Ravager guy's little dog thing. little pet thing and yeah. he's like, I'm gonna train him in the ways of the sovereign. Yeah. And he goes, and then he's like licking his the dog's like starts licking his crotch and he goes, I'm gonna train him. Not to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that we see he's just like, he is a baby, essentially. He's yeah. a fucking grown-up baby. And he just doesn't know anything at all. They're like, okay, show him show him, show him, him what's what. And then he fucking eviscerates that guy. And he's like, I don't like how that makes me feel at all. I didn't like that. And he's like, just murdered someone. And he's like, nope, nope, not for me. Yeah. I just thought, I thought also Will Poulter is... Uh, I'm probably not getting his last name right, but I feel like he was such a good casting for that too because he's so goofy 
he's got like the build to be a superhero because he's you know obviously shredded, but he has he this has goofy face. Shredded, though. He used to be like yeah, a and dorky looking little kid. It's that there's Marvel all diet. these like things about his glow up now. Mm-hmm. He did get he did get shredded for this role. His eyes are still freakishly far apart, but it does <laughs> look better. Oh my god, brutal. that's so funny. But um, <laughs> so fucking brutal. Real, real quick, do you either of you guys? This is going to be a little bit off topic. Do either of you guys watch uh, the Bear? No, because I I knew this wasn't fucking Harry Styles because in season two of the Bear, <laughs> he makes an appearance and he is playing like a, a pastry chef in Denmark, and it's like. I, I saw him and I was like, oh, that's fucking the chef from Denmark when I was watching the movie. And yeah. I, I I don't know why I thought Harry Styles, for some reason, I was thinking that. But yeah, that's funny. His eyes are pretty spread apart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As soon as you said that, I did it did come up in my head that his eyes are basically on the side of his head. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a funny guy. And also, I think they did him. I, I know some people were a little bothered because they were like, oh, they built him up to be this crazy villain. And then he ends up being some goofy baby. But if you read the comics... <laughs> And know anything about Adam Warlock? When he was born from the cocoon, he was a baby. He fought everybody he possibly could. Lost a bunch of times. He was naive, and then every time he died, basically went into his cocoon and came back out. He was a little bit more intelligent, a little bit older. And so I did like that he was basically a fucking man child. And he is, like you said, just a great source of comedy because yeah. mm-hmm. he's so innocent and adds so much comedy because he's doing all these horrible things and just doesn't realize that they're horrible until right. after the fact. He doesn't realize until Groot saves him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why did mm-hmm. you save me? Mm-hmm. And he and also he can saves... understand Groot. Yeah. Groot lets him understand him right away. That's mm-hmm. right. They and did. So I think he starts to realize like these people are genuinely good mm-hmm. and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> the hug at the end when he finally saves Chris Pratt and he's got his arms, he like lays on top of the group as everyone's hugging. Exactly. That shit he's kills so me every doesn't time. know what to do. He's like, yeah. like so stiff. He like puts one arm out and then the other <laughs> and then lays down. Yeah, it's so he's good. like, I don't even know why we're doing this, but I'm about it. Like, <laughs> it's like, it so. feels good, but I don't like, know why. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Him saving Chris Pratt was also like a good redemption yeah. for the character too because he needed to do something to sort of, I don't know, make him feel like less evil. I mean, he wasn't he never really felt evil. It's just that he had done some really bad things. So to kind of make up for that saving Peter Quill at the end right. is obviously just that, like a major thing that he does. That to me might have been the most predictable part of the entire movie. I'm not going to lie. Really? Like Peter, when, Peter Quill's um, out there and I look to Taylor and I'm like, oh, Adam Warlock's going to come and get him. Like, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. She's, she's like, no, I think he's going to die. I was like, no, he's not going to die. <laughs> when we first watched it, I leaned over to Cass and I said, they should kill him. They should just let Peter Quill die. I, agree. I didn't I, agree. Be, I didn't know how they were going to do it. He had to make it back to Earth, though. Yeah, obviously, yeah. To. to finish his story, he has to go back to Earth mm-hmm. and sort of, like, discover himself. And they did release before the movie came out that Chris Pratt had signed on to continue the role of Star-Lord. So I was kind of like, they're going to save him. They're obviously going to somehow save him. I did not think it'd be Adam Warlock, but I was like, they should just let him die. But then it made sense because I was like, well, that's why he's in this movie because who else would have been able to go out and get him? Exactly. He can like survive in space. So it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Where was his helmet? Star-Lord's? Yeah. Okay. So there is... Because he can can be in space with his helmet. Right. And... It's funny you bring that up because I actually Googled this because it was destroyed during Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I believe. 
But continuity error, it is in Infinity War and in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right so, when he comes to the portal. right when he, yep. So he has it. In, he it gets crushed, I believe. See, I haven't. I read one article about this, so I haven't rewatched all the Guardians. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I read an article that said at the end of Guardi- or during Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it's destroyed. It is a continuity error. It is brought back during Infinity War and Endgame and was addressed by the directors basically saying that they had just simply forgotten that it was destroyed. There's just so many pieces moving, uh, so yeah, many pieces moving okay. to get all the characters there that they just simply forgot. And that's why it is not seen in this movie at all because he simply just doesn't actually, he's not supposed to have it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So well, I thought that was like a, a little bit of a faux pas because, I mean, that's a pretty big thing. His helmet would have sur- – like he would have survived absolutely just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. He and he had it last we saw him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's – yeah, there was a couple times where I was watching this and I was like, what? Where did we leave off with this character? Mm-hmm. Where, what are we doing with this guy? Like what's going on here? But You um, know, I almost said we should watch the first two to cast just to prepare for this when it came out because I – had actually forgotten, but then I remembered we'd have to watch the first two. We'd have to watch Infinity War, Endgame, and the first half of Love and Thunder. And I was like, I just, I just can't dedicate that amount of time right now. <laughs> and that's kind of crazy. It is so that that's funny. really, really the the direction that a lot of these big continuity movies are, mm-hmm. are coming. You know, like the the main characters. So I'm hoping that yep. maybe as we start to get introduced to a lot of these newer characters, it's not going to be as much of that. Like, uh, yeah, I I would like to be able to watch just like like you could watch the first three iron man iron man movies and i feel like you could pick up most of the stuff that's happened without having to watch all of the avengers but i feel like even today unless it's a new character you can't just pop into a guardians movie and be like i'm gonna check this out without knowing the six movies that they're in beforehand and and all that like shang chi you can just pop that on and you're fine but you can't with the new Captain America movie coming out. You can't with Guardians of the Galaxy. You can't with the Marvels. You can't with Ant-Man. Like, there's so much in the buildup to these movies that you have to watch. And it's like, right. kind of takes the salt out of it. You know, you're like, I don't really right, want to right. watch all these fucking movies. You get kind of tired thinking about how much you have to do for it. Honestly, <laughs> I remember when Cass first watched, the first MCU movie you watched was Eternals. Mm-hmm. And you were like, man, I wish there were more of these. And I was like, oh, there are about 27 more and we can watch them right now if you want. So and the Eternals, I don't want to get too off topic with, with what we're talking about. No, let's but, get off topic, uh, brother. The Eternals should have been a show, man. The turn- That's yes. way too much there. That needed to be a show yes. where you introduce a lot of stuff. Like, that can't mm-hmm. just be one fucking yep. movie that here is all of the shit that you have to digest and figure out and fucking know about. Like, no. That needed to have a lot more time put into it. And I think those characters would have such a better, such more of appreciation yeah. from the fan base if they spent more time on that. Because that's going to be a huge plot of what moves forward with this. Like, Absolutely. It is going to be, like, the plot moving forward, I feel like. Because yeah. uh, we got to, I mean, they introduced so many characters at the end. We got to figure out what's up with... Uh, the Timata, whatever that thing is that's like hanging out of the earth, essentially. Yeah, it's it's like Timata or Timata or something like that. Yeah, whatever that fucking thing is. Um, there's just so much going on, and I think that needed to be about eight hours longer, and it needed to be a TV show. I remember walking out of that movie, and I just was like, "There, this doesn't feel like an MCU movie. It doesn't look like an MCU movie, which is fine." But I was like, "This needed to be a TV show for sure because there's just mm-hmm. too much there." Mm-hmm. Did you figure out what yeah, it was it's, called? Yeah, Tiamat. T-I-A-M-U-T. Tiamat. He's like he's okay. like a 
a newborn celestial, basically. Yes, yeah, celestial. There we go. That's what I was trying yeah, to fucking say. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. Because Galactus is going to um, be in it. We already saw him in, in yes. Thor, Love, and Thunder and in that one. So we know Galactus is yeah. on the horizon, so to speak. Which is nice. I'm actually very excited about that. But you have to watch Eternals to kind of get the stepping stone to that. And Eternals just sure. throws so much at you so fast. And you're just like, two yeah. hours is yeah. not enough time to digest what the fuck is going on here. Um. What's funny is I did get pushback on – I made a video on TikTok about ranking um, the worst MCU movies. And people were mad that I said Eternals was not a good movie. People were upset. I said it was worse than Love and Thunder mainly because it needed to be longer than it was. It just throws a lot at you. And I got a lot of hate comments. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize the fan base for this movie was uh, so strong because – it's not a highly regarded movie to anyone I know. Online, it's not very yeah. highly regarded. I was pretty surprised. <laughs> I didn't think that that movie was like universally loved. I really didn't think that. But yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't, didn't either. I didn't dislike it, but it's not like it doesn't live up to the other. Right. The other. See, that's the thing, man. There's not a lot of a tur- there's not a lot of MCU movies that I'm like I outright do not like that movie. I I just right. think that Eternals, in comparison to the rest of the MCU, is not a very good MCU movie. It's still a fun movie, but it's just not. Mm-hmm. A good MCU movie, in my opinion. That's fair. It's very fair. So to kind of wrap this thing up, Ozzy, I got uh, three sort of rapid fire questions for everybody, not just not just you. But um, sure. starting off with you, which character, in you guys' opinion, was the hardest to say goodbye to? Oh, sh- Cash, you want to tackle this first? Mm. Let's see. Does it have to be one? No. It was hard to say goodbye to Mantis and Drax. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because you, like, you just kind of saw their relationship, like, not grow throughout the movie, but just, like, they always kind of played off each other. And I said to Kyle at the end when they were saying goodbye to each when Drax and Mantis were waving goodbye to each other, that they are, like, the best example of platonic soulmates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I can Like, they agree. don't, they don't love each other in like a sexual, a sexual relationship type of way, but they just would do anything for each other and they love each other so much, mm-hmm. even though they make fun of each other. But that's yeah. like, it's brother sister kind of love. Like yeah. he felt like yeah. an older brother to her, in my opinion. That's yeah. the relationship I got from that. So that was a hard, hard to say. That, that's, to t- that's a tough one to lose too. I thought of that cast and that was going to be my answer. Um, not but I didn't I didn't land on that one, but that was gonna be on my answer for for a while. Um because like that is not a relationship you can sub in. You know, like a lot of these movies have subbed in new characters for these like you can't do that with Drax and, and Mantis. And if they do, it's gonna really hurt the movie in my opinion. Like you can't have agreed one hundred percent. Yeah, you can't have a banter like what they have where it's it's just so like you said, it's so just natural and just it, it grew so organically, you know what I mean? I don't think yeah. when they were mm-hmm. doing Guardians 1 that they were like, oh, Mantis and Drax, these two are going to be it, you know what I mean? Like, I think right. it just kind of like right. how they played off each other and then it just built on from there. They definitely saw the the seedling of that and let that let that go. But I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I think those two were hard to say bye to. Absolutely. It hurt. Wasn't it Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, like during Guardians of the Galaxy 1 that Drax kept saying, you are hideous. That's two, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yeah. <laughs> When they're yeah. on ego, yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just being a complete <laughs> ass to her. But you are ugly, <laughs> so mean. He's being so he's mean just, to her, and she just I love takes that it. About him. He's, so, he's so literal, you know. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, he's so literal. He's so <laughs> ugly. 
I love when Mantis in this one calls him dumb and she's like, you hate him because he's dumb. All you value is is like so like people being smart and not everyone's smart. And then Drax goes, you think I'm dumb? And she grabs, she like holds onto him and she's like, forget. And he just immediately goes, ha ha ha, I broke that door down. You guys are lucky I'm strong. (laughs) Kills me. He just does it like, it's just perfect, perfect duo, honestly, in my opinion, because you have the innocent one. And then you have the moron who's ignorant, but also just like lovable. You know what I mean? Like he's ignorant to everything, but the metaphor scene too is just perfect. He's like, my, I'm so good at metaphors. My butt makes metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, that scene you're talking about though, with, with Mantis and and Drax, like forget, you know, um, Mm -hmm. what I think they do differently with the guardians that than other, any other movie is like, we, we talked about it earlier too, is, is they, they have so much that we see behind the movies with characters. So like we had the holiday special, we have the, the I am Groot thing. We have, you know, things that give us a little bit of insight behind the characters in their real lives. It makes you think, you know, how many times did you, did that forget happen before? Right. She didn't even hesitate. She just did it immediately. Right. So like how many times did she do something like to make him pissed or make him upset or, and just be like, no, forget about it, you know? And it's just kind of funny. <laughs> exactly. It's just, I was thinking about it because we watched the shorts of the I am Groot and then we're watching the movie and I'm like, Groot has all these experiences, you know, he has all these like, Mm -hmm. like building these, like destroying this whole universe. And he didn't like, now we see him as like this big dude, you know what I mean? And it's, it's just so funny to think that they actually do have little lives behind the, behind the movies and it. And they never try to explain that in the movies, which is so nice. They just Mm -hmm. go with the flow. They never try to shoehorn information and be like on Nebulon 736B. Remember when this happened? And you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? They just, yeah, they, it just exists. It just is. So it, it makes it definitely feel more yeah. organic. And it yeah. is so funny to stop and think about all of the times Mantis has probably just been like, forget yeah. this entire conversation. Well, I think she truly loves, like, she loves him so much that, like, the bickering is okay, but she mm-hmm. would never want him to Her, truly be yeah. hurt. Yeah. Right. Right. And with how literal he is, it's easy. Yeah. Right. When Nebula <laughs> was being mean to him, she wanted him to just forget the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he yeah. she makes that guy fall in love with him, Bleedle Snort, when she makes Bleedle oh Snort fall God. in love with Drax, <laughs> and he's like, he's talking about how she's done it multiple times before, and it's every time they go anywhere together, and how one time he made his sock fall in love with it's just so fucking funny, man. And you're like, so this is an ongoing thing with them, and they just never they just reference it one time and move on. And I, <laughs> I just I love yeah. that they're easily so my funny. the hardest ones to say goodbye to, in my opinion. It just that yeah. one hurt. That one cut to the core. Did you say who you I, missed? I think, Would it be them? No, I, I think I think it's going to be. I know we know we're going to have Star Lord, but I don't think it's yeah. going to be in a Guardians. And I think when you're talking no. about a Guardian leaving, it's really hard to not bring up Star Lord as that. Yeah. Like I think of Guardians of the Galaxy, I think of Star Lord. I think of Star Lord. He's the first person um, to come to mind. Peter Quill. Yeah, you 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 have to because it's just like he is the one that started the whole thing and. Um, that's going to be a tough one to just not have if they make a new Guardians movie. We know that he might be in it, but he's not going to be a Guardian. And that's weird to me. Right. Right. That's very odd. It's not going to be in it in the same like capacity. Correct. Right. They did say that all of the people who basically were in the Guardians, their contracts are up except for uh, Chris Pratt. He's the only one that extended his contract and they are going to move forward with a legendary Star-Lord project. They don't know Mm -hmm. what that entails and they don't know when it'll be, but they have... They do have him under contract. Everyone else is completely free. So I think right. we will see him again. And I need them to do it very carefully because he has built up such a character. Like Chris Pratt as Star-Lord is such a character that if they don't do it right and they butcher it, like it could just ruin 
him as a character and just, you know, I mean, we've only ever seen him in the capacity of a guardian, like you said, and having him leave and go do something else is very dangerous. Like they got to be very careful what they do with him. No, I can, I, I agree. That's a hard character to kind of take a gamble on like that. You know, he's on right. earth now. Maybe he'll be an Avenger. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hey, that's not, that's not a bad idea. So uh, moving to the la- the second to last question I have for you guys, what, who of the new guardians of the galaxy is your favorite? And would you ever like to see them appear in another movie? Hands down, Adam Warlock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Same answer. <laughs> yeah. It has to be Adam Warlock. And I do hope that, I hope we don't get another Guardians movie. And I hope we get like a cameo or something from them briefly in something else. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see this new, new team. Guardians. No, I don't want to see Not this new either. team movie. Like, what is it? It's like Krogan, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, Cosmo, uh, Rocket, Groot, and like one of the kids they Adam. saved, right? It's like one, one of the yep. children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam Warlock. One of the, the Jube Jube, Jube people. Kids. Or Orb, yeah. Orbeez or whatever they're. Yeah, or yeah. Or some shit like that. Orbeez. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would just be a weird movie where I think you kind of naturally resort to Rocket and Groot carrying that. And I don't think that would yeah. be, I don't think that would be beneficial to the to the, the trilogy. I think it should stop at a trilogy and that's yeah. how it should be. Like definitely, like you yeah, said, I they don't... they will be in other movies. They should be in other movies, but they, it's the, don't do what you just did to Ant Man. Don't make a fucking another exactly. one of, of that. Like don't do that. Don't, just don't no need one it. needs that. No one needs it. No one needs it. Don't need it. Last question. Oh, did you answer? Yeah, I answered first. Oh, you said Adam Warlock, right? Uh, last sort of question. It's not really a question. I need you guys to rank all three of these movies. Like together as a whole, or as a whole. individually? It, like where would you Easy list them? So there's only three of them. You got to oh. have three, two, one. What are you? What? How would you put these in order? And where would you rank Guardians of the Galaxy on a scale of the MCU in total? Would you like to go first, Ozzy? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, one, three, two. One, three, two. One was the first, the best one. Three is really close to one. Very good, just because of the different mm-hmm. aspects that it pulled. And mm-hmm. that's why that that difference, that di- like the uh, the how different the movie was, is why one was so great. It was nothing mm-hmm. like that was done in the MCU. Nothing was... was put together the way that it was like a guardians one was, it was like, you know, you had the, the new movie or the new music or the old music that is new yep. to the, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, like the music, everything, the style, it was all so different than an MCU movie had back then when it came out. So I thought one was just revolutionary and it's fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like I could watch yep. one over and over again. And it's such a good movie. Um, three was great because again, it was so different than the other two. It was very, you know, like we've talked about, it's just, in a lot of ways different and had a lot of character development and multiple characters. And I thought they did that very seamlessly. Um, Mm -hmm. And two is, I think just the least memorable of the two. Um, It's hard to be the second movie in a trilogy. You know, I I feel like that's not an easy thing to to be, you know, it's like being in the middle of the sibling, you know, you get left out sometimes. So, (laughs) but uh, I I just think that, uh, that those three, and then where it ranks in the, in the MCU, Yes. Oh man, it's up there. It's really high up there. Um, I think the only thing that really beats them may be the Iron Man movies and maybe the Avengers. Like, mm-hmm. Fair I enough. think yep. that's probably third behind those three fucking mega movies that they have. Right, like right, the, right. The mega like groups, you know. And it's hard to beat a uh, movie that has all of the Avengers. Robert Downey Jr. Times. Oh yeah, all <laughs> the Avengers so exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and to be fair, they're in yeah. most of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are in most of those. But yeah, that's my that's my order. Definitely uh 
one, three, two, and then probably top three out of the entire MCU. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree with your order. One, three, two. Mm-hmm. I do not like two. I don't like the concept of ego. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's very hard for me to grasp mm-hmm. the whole, he's a planet, but he's a, in a human form. It's just, I don't, I can't grasp it very well. <laughs> You did struggle with that when watching. You're like, I don't understand. Like, explain this to me. And I was like, don't think too See, hard. Just let it go. In MCU, like, yeah, like, exactly. Don't think too hard. With a planet. With the MCU, you just got to hand wave it off. All right. It's happening. Yeah. That's yeah. what we have. But yeah, one is just hilarious. And then three, you have the more natural comedy, but the drama of this and how like it literally makes you feel so emotional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really good. The or I li- like your order too of my Iron Man is my favorite. You fucking love Iron Man. I love Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It's hard not and to. And then the Avengers, just because you have right. all like I love all of them together. I love Spider Man with with Iron Man. I love right. Thor. Like I love them all together. And then I have a hard time between Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're like equal ranking to those. Yeah. yeah. The, Mm-hmm. Thor, some of the Thors are really bad. Like they level up. <laughs> they level up with like Guardians of the Galaxy too. Like they're just not good. So if I had to consider like Guardians in the Galaxy 1 and 3 and then Thor 1 and 3. Mm-hmm. Ragnarok yep. and the other one. 2 and 4, not very good. Mm-hmm. I would put Thor just above Guardians of the Galaxy. Just a hair above. Just a hair above. Is that just an intro? Is that because of Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> you know, I am the lady in the book. <laughs> <laughs> he is shirtless in a lot of the ones you uh, said he'd go to your favorites. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the comedy factor in Thor Ragnarok because yeah. you, you didn't really get it. But that's, and that was I, new. I that. love comedy movies. Like comedy really? movies are my thing, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hard. But I would say Guardians of the Galaxy is like everyone's favorite funny uncle at Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's the fun uncle and Chris Pratt or uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Hemsworth as Thor is like your mm-hmm. brother. Oh, right. And I think dude, like, it's, it's so with good. The, yeah. With Thor coming out with like Ragnarok where Thor is just really, really funny. It just like makes it a little bit above because you weren't expecting it. Whereas right. like Guardians of the Galaxy, you're expecting humor. Mm-hmm. Best turnaround from a movie, I think. The the Dark World is so ass and Ragnarok is so good that mm-hmm. it's the best turnaround. Ragnarok. Yeah, um, Ragnarok Thor, might be one of the movie best movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's I think it's top five. I would definitely say it's top five, and I don't think it's I don't think six is close. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna disagree with you guys on the list. I think two is the best, I think three is the second best, and I think one is the worst. Yep. Really? Uh, yeah. Two to me, Two's so you bad. get a little bit more of Peter Quill's background with his mom uh, as as like a character. I enjoyed that. You get Mantis, the addition of Mantis in there because she's Ego's um, sort of like, I don't know, consigliere. Like she's his right-hand man kind of oh. setting everything up. His daughter, yep. I loved the concept of Ego being his father, being Chris Pratt's father and the fact that they were on ego and he had been able to pull the wool over their eyes and like disguise the planet as this beautiful place but it was really a hellscape loved the concept of him eating the children it was really fucking dark to go there and in my opinion i gotta say the scene that like seals that movie for me that you guys said it's like 
hard to it's kind of forgettable and the only reason i disagree with that is mainly because the scene where um ego is telling star lord it killed me to put that tumor in her head shatters me every time i watch it Mm -hmm. because star lord's reaction is just so genuine and to see chris pratt get to execute in that like that drama in a movie where he is so funny to me i i also think to me actually it has one of the best openings where groot is just dancing around to mr blue sky and everyone else is like fighting for their fucking lives i love that i to me um ozzy can attest to this when i lived at chapel Anytime I was doing cleaning around Chapel, which wasn't very often, but when I did, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was on the TV. I just, that movie just, it, it is so funny. It's one of the funnier uh, MCU movies, in my opinion. Three, like no, we talked it's about, it's just good. dramatic. It's a little bit of a twist. I just don't get it. I don't get the, he's a planet. And then, so Chris Pratt is half human, half planet. No, it just doesn't no, make sense. he's not a planet. It's not, it's no, not yeah. at all what he, he's not a planet. It's Ego's the, a planet. No, Ego's a planet. You're right. But Chris Pratt isn't a planet chris pratt's mom was impregnated by a planet the astral form of a I'm planet a literal thinker yeah, you're, just... you're drax and i'm mantis <laughs> over here all right it's like it's like drax and it's like drax and chris pratt actually i'm more like a star lord <laughs> just kidding I'm you would naturally you would naturally put yourself as star lord yeah that's right yeah, naturally. Uh, so that's my ranking. I think it goes two, three, yeah, one, and it's not that tracks. one is it's not that one is bad. It's I think it's a very good movie. I think you could arguably say that Guardians is the second or third best trilogy that we've gotten from the MCU period. But I just to me one is the most forgettable. I don't remember a whole lot from that movie. Yondu is like the shining star in that movie. I do I do think. Um, and as for where it ranks in the MCU. I got to put this right behind Avengers, the Iron Man movies, and the Spider-Man movies. This Ooh, is like a tie Spider-Man up there with those Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. The, these mm-hmm. movies just – none of these – the thing is with those four groups that I just mentioned, none of them miss. There's not a bad movie in there. You could argue that one of the Iron Man movies isn't – I think it's Iron Man 2 isn't as good as the other ones, but still a good movie. You know, mm-hmm. So I definitely think this is an S-tier trilogy and an s-tier movie in my opinion for sure i think i have to agree s-tier like the most like so it goes s a like s is just amazing there's like three four movies up there you know what i mean like it's a very tight knit it's a secure list whereas a would be excellent b is like good you know what i mean yeah so i would say it's it's up there with some of the best out of all of them yeah so that's my ranking i agree so we're gonna go ahead at this point in the podcast we're gonna jump over to our MVPs, our favorite scene, our ranking, our, our, our rating, and our uh, one thing we would fix. So let's go ahead and do that. Push down on it. What? Push it down. I am pushing down on it. Push the button. It looks like you're pushing the keyhole. The what? There's a button under the handle. Press that in. Okay. Now what? Open the door. That is a stupid design. And your instructions were very unclear. So who wants to rate the movie first? Give their MVP, their favorite scene, their rating, and what they would fix. I'll go first. My MVP. Uh oh, this is this is tough for me. I wanna say it is Rocket, but I think that's an easy answer to go with. So I don't want to go Rocket. And I think I gotta say it's 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 the addition of adam warlock i think i think having him there is is 
just for the landscape of what is to come. I think his impl- uh, implementation in this movie and in the world is is vital. Um, and in the movie, I think he, like you said, he's naturally funny. He's an idiot. He kind of comes of age pretty quickly and he kind of realizes <laughs> what he's doing. And, and seeing that, like his eyes literally open up as the, as the movie goes on is, is pretty great. My favorite scene is probably on counter earth when, um, uh, Peter and Groot go to the, to see the high evolutionary in the thing and Mantis and Drax have to watch the, the ship. And Drax gets on the the bike. He fucking <laughs> clotheslines a guy off the bike, and then he I don't I don't remember exactly how he does it, but he he lies to to Mantis like like that so easily. He goes, she jumps on and he bike. drives away. He's like, I'm driving the bike back to the back to the ship. Yeah. And she's like, it's right there. Like, it's, right right over there. there. <laughs> it's so funny. I just like died this laughing because you know what he's doing. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. so funny. It's so funny. You know so it's coming. You know it's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that's probably that's my great. favorite scene because it's just Drax being Drax, and it's just it's just so funny. Um, and then my my rating of the movie: um, Do we have a, 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 a units? Do we have a yes? We're like, gonna rate this out of Guardians, so out of one to five Guardians. All right, um, I'm not as as particular with movies as you know um, as you are, so I'm gonna go ahead and give this a four point five uh, Guardians. I thought this movie yeah. was was excellent. I, I there's not a lot I would have changed. Um, and the thing I would change, you already actually talked about. Um, I would like the high evolutionary to continue to be a part of this universe. I don't think mm-hmm. that, uh, like, I, I really liked that. Um, I did really like the, the kind of mutiny they had when that woman like tried to take over and is like, right. I'm the captain now, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I thought that was kind of, kind of cool. And I thought that was going to be a way that he kind of expels himself and is now elsewhere, you know, doing something his own, mm-hmm. his own. But yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was, that could have been changed a little bit, but I really can't think of something like, like I said, I'm not as particular with you as you are. I can't think of something that I was like, this needs to not be this way. You know, I, yeah. I don't normally think that way when I watch movies. So it's hard for me to kind mm-hmm. of retroactively think about it now and be like, oh, what did I not like? Um, I'm right. kind of happy go lucky with movies. I really just enjoy to watch them. But especially when a movie is this good, it is hard to be like. What wouldn't I want to be in here? What would what would they need to fix to make this better? Oh. Because this movie is stellar. I I do have one that I would change. I wish Peter and Groot, when they flew off the building, I wish they didn't kill that dude. I don't think they needed to kill that dude. Fucking drown him under the water. That's just so unlike them. So unlike them to kill him like that. Like I was just like, well, that's really weird. And yeah, and Peter's the one that's like, we're not killing anybody. Peter's like when when Drax is like I'm gonna kill everybody. Peter's like you're not killing anybody. Drax is like I'm gonna kill somebody. No, nobody's dying. And then Peter's the first one to fucking one fly guy. out of a building or a, a flying fucking yeah. cube and slam this dude into the ground and drown him under the water. I was like, what the fuck is that? Right. You know, it was wild. Took me right on a trip. Is that all the answers yeah. though? You uh, favorite scene? Yep. You nailed them. Cool. Cool. Sweet deal. Yeah. So my MVP, I'm gonna go the route that Rosie wouldn't go, but Rocket. You would not have this movie without Rocket. <laughs> You're right. You're it would right. be a much different movie without Rocket's storyline and seeing like what he went through. That's what gives this movie so much emotion. Mm-hmm. 100% because you, It's like, it even makes the funny parts funnier because it breaks up, like it breaks up the sadness that right. you're feeling about right. Rocket. My favorite scene 
though, it's it's so hard. There's so many. There's so ones. many. I know. It's really yeah. There's so many. Stuff. There's so many good ones. I like when they're on Counter Earth and they're talking to that family, and <laughs> and Drax keeps trying to lay down on the couch. <laughs> it's oblong shape. Why would they do that if I can't lay down? <laughs> it's meant to lay down. No, it's meant for people to sit side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Why would they make such a thing? <laughs> so funny. Multi-purpose. So funny. Yeah. And then, and then Mantis and uh, Nebula are going at it about what dumb and what dead sound like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, dead, uh, dumb. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> That's also good. <laughs> and then at that same, like, scene, you have um, Nebula trying to get into the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Open the fucking door. I fucking lost it. Dude. I can't get in. He's so like, good. press the button. It looks like you're pressing the keyhole. Press the button. <laughs> and she, like, presses it. And she's, like, stopped. And, and she's like, okay, now what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so just real quick, I gotta really go. Funny. Just not to cut you off here. I'm so sorry, but let me just say this one thing. They James Gunn asked, "Can I use the f word?" And Kevin Feige had to have a meeting. They had a meeting with um Bob Iger, who runs Disney, basically. And they said, "James wants to use the f word. What do you think?" And Bob said, "Well, James, this is your last movie with us. If you, do you think using the first f word in MCU history is the legacy you'd like to leave behind for the fans?" And James Gunn said, absolutely. And they said, okay, go ahead. And they let him. And that's how we got the F word. And I think it was perfect. The perfect F word in the perfect place. Mm-hmm. By the perfect person. I, I am going to give this five Guardians. Holy shit. Hell wow. yeah. Because, <laughs> because I'm honestly, was I was just trying to think about what I would change and I wouldn't change anything. You wouldn't change anything at all? Mm-mm. I like that. Hell that yeah. is wild. A five-star rating. That's the first five-star you've given. It is. I believe. That's crazy. Wow. Sound the alarms. Yeah, sound the alarms. I'm going to put an alarm in right here. <laughs> Just so everyone knows that we are sounding them for your five stars. That's wild. Yeah. I'm glad I could be a part of this. This is awesome. Yeah, right? This is history in the making. <laughs> Ozzy's here for history in the making, guys. This is great. My MVP is the High Evolutionary. I hate him. I detest him. And he that is what you need in a villain. He is so easily hateable and it's not even like let's take out of the equation that he is fucking testing on animals Mm -hmm. right to create some sort of new godlike population let's just take that out of the equation the man outside of that is a pompous asshole he is just self-righteous and thinks he's god's gift to people and that is why i love that he's in this movie there is no god that's why i stepped in right exactly exactly like He's just so full of himself. He insists upon himself. And I love that in a villain because it's so easily relatable because we all know someone like that who thinks they're just God's gift to people. And you take, you, then you add in the fact that he's testing on animals. It's just chef's kiss of a villain. Um, yeah. My favorite scene is hands down when Nebula and Chris, uh, Nebula, Star-Lord and uh, Gamora are holding that woman hostage. And Gamora says... Whoever you're talking about, that's not me. It sounds more like her. And Nebula and Chris Pratt stare at each other. And she's like, knock it off. That seemed to me when he's like, I never realized how beautiful your eyes are. And it's just she picked like, a really pretty set. They were, my father put them in my head as a means of torture. Well, he picked a great set. It's like just so out of pocket, so unexpected. And easily one of the, I lose it every time I see that scene. It is hilarious. On the other side of that, real quick, my the scene that makes me cry the most is uh floor getting shot oh, really? i mean it's just yeah that's the most devastating scene so that's up there for me for my I favorite really, scene too my 
scene that makes me the saddest is when they first put Rocket in the cage after experimenting mm. on him and they could you can tell they've like done surgery on his head mm-hmm. and they're like talking to him and he's there like in there shaking and he just goes hurts yeah mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes in and you sad. immediately start you started crying like 10 minutes in because yeah. it yeah. is sad that is so. that's one of the most horrific scenes it's so sad um an honorable mention scene though um ozzy kind of talked about it i think was when they're when drax is saying like we're going to kill everyone. <laughs> and then they're like, no, we're not going to kill anyone. We're going to kill a few people. No, we're not even a few people. Well, we're going to kill one really stupid person that no one loves. <laughs> and then Charlie goes, now you're just making it sad. <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's such she a good so scene. Good. I agree. That scene is great. It is so good. Uh, as for my rating, I'm going to give this four and a half Guardians. This nice. is pretty much as good as you can get in a superhero movie. I mean, it has everything you want. It has aliens. It's in space. It's got Chris fucking Pratt. It's got Batista. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's got emotion. There's love interest. There's mm-hmm. bite. Like the thing, it just gives you everything you could ask for in a movie like this. It does not get much better than this style of, than this type of movie. So four and a half, in my opinion, uh, we're all kind of in agreement on that. That's a really high scoring movie. Mm-hmm. And the thing I would change is uh, the high evolutionary just being wasted like that. I think they absolutely yeah. needed to bring back in the end credit scene, show he's alive. He's essentially a god and they take him out in this movie. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. That did bother me a little bit. I know you're happy he's dead. You like when people die, bad guys die. I like when bad guys don't get taken out that easily. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it's um, easy, but I am saying it comes a little easy. Yeah, it definitely comes a little easy, especially because, you know, like Kyle said, he experiments on a bunch of animals and things like that but he also has completely decimated an entire counter earth of a thriving population which seems to be way more than once you know what i mean so this motherfucker has like like generations upon generations upon generations of blood on his hands and does not even blink an eye at it you know what i mean so like Mm -hmm. he is clearly like a villain of villains you know so it's yes it's, I could see why they're like, let's just fucking kill this guy. You know, like, that makes sense. You go ahead, kill him. I'm fine with him dying because of how much of a fucker he was. You know, mm-hmm. sorry, I don't know how much I'm supposed to cuss on this, but because of how much of a jerk <laughs> he was, good. you can, su- you can, <laughs> that. He, was jerk. he was a jerk. No, I, I agree. It's, it's nice to have him die. Like Cass said, and like you said, it is nice that he dies because fuck that guy. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the high evolutionary is just so powerful. I feel like they could have right. done. Right. So much more with him. That's all. That's all, That's what I would fix. But other than that, I don't really have a lot of complaints in this movie. I think it's it excels at what it does. I don't really think you right. can have a guy that tortures animals survive, though. That's like people would ha- be in an uproar. Yeah. Peter probably wouldn't have called it a triumph of a movie. Then you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. So so before we get out of here, we do a little thing uh, where Cass gives us oh. some relationship advice. But we have a guest, and he's going to give us some relationship advice. So. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ozzy, go yes, ahead sir. and lay the relationship advice on us. <laughs> so, yeah, this was thrown together. Um, Kyle let me know. We started recording at about 11. Kyle let me know at like 10.52. He's like, hey, fucking <laughs> think, of, think of something to say. So what I do have to say is the Guardians movies, all of them, um, they focus a lot on family and how things change and how things go different directions yet you still come back and you find your spot within your family. So I don't think this is significant other relationship advice. I think this is relationship about 
even if you drift apart, even if you fight, you know, love and support who loves and supports you. And I think that goes a very long way with, with all aspects of family because shit gets wild. Me personally, I have four other siblings, you know, shit gets fucking crazy. And uh, it's important to kind of remember that you're who you guys have. So that's my advice. That is a I great like bit of advice. That was fantastic. I like that you took the turn and did like family relation, like mm-hmm. a relationship because there are more relationships than just relationships. significant other yeah. relationships. This yeah. this also, Definitely. like you said, the Guardian movies, just it's, it's all about family. It is all about family. It, at one point, Gamora is trying to leave the ship and Nebula stops her and she says, I'm family. Mm-hmm. And Nebula says, so is Rocket. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think that is very well put and solid advice from our first guest, Mr. Ozzy. Yes, family is not Hell just yeah. blood. And nope. it doesn't matter like how long you go without seeing someone. If mm-hmm. like they're true, like if you're they're really family and you truly love them, like you'll be there no matter what. Exactly. And it will yep. be like nothing. <laughs> Couldn't that's agree right. more. Yeah, with Vin Diesel in the movie, you can't not you can't not mention family. Like that's, that's what exactly. That is. That's what that it's is. in his contract that you have to mention family at least once in every movie he's in. It's all about family. Oh, I wanted to ask you real quick before we actually sign off. I totally totally forgot to ask. Just real quick, what's your opinion on hearing Groot speak for the first time? I don't know if I'm high on it. I did not like it at all. Yeah, I don't think I'm high on it. I think it was like. I love you guy. Cool. It's not like, I don't know. I would have much rather heard I am Groot as he hugs. Like, exactly. That's, that's his language, man. But I mean, it, it does kind of show that he he learned and he's growing, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What are you saying, Cass? I like the concept of you only hear Groot speak if he loves you and if right. he wants you to know what he's saying. So I like the fact that like they're saying goodbye to their Guardians of the Galaxy audience mm-hmm. and Groot that's is fair. making the point that that he loves all of us for supporting them in their journey. Yeah, I agree with that, but I also hate it. <laughs> I agree, but I still hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think Cash brings up a great point. I, it's a good point, but I have to push back a little bit because I feel like they could have been like, I am Groot, put his, hu- his arms around them, hugged everybody, and we still would have gotten the point. Mm-hmm. And it still would have been the same message that like, oh, we understand Groot without having to hit us over the head with, I love you guys. Like, I just didn't it just I wish they hadn't done that. I just didn't care about that at all. But even then, like if he would have just done that, it would have felt like he was saying that to them. Mm-hmm. No, I get what you're saying. Whereas it's a goodbye to us as much it, as it is to them. It means that he yeah. loves us. We went on this journey with them and they're saying goodbye to us. I, I get that, but I just I'm not high on it. Yeah, that's fair. Do you think uh Vin Diesel got quite a bit of a pay raise because he had to remember what my lines? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You got to pay him more, that right? Is, that, I mean, shit. That is excellent. That's he gets paid two for, extra words. for various words he says. Exactly. <laughs> or three extra words. Three extra words. That's oh, that I'm is on. awesome. That's great. Yes, this was a lot of fun. We hope to have you on again in the future at some point. For all of our listeners out there, go ahead and rate us, share us. Every time you guys do that, it helps grow our audience. We appreciate that. And with all that said, uh, go watch a fucking movie.